Praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights, praise him all his angels, praise him all his host. Praise him sun and moon, praise him all you shining stars. Praise him you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command, mountains and all hills, fruit and trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for his all his faithful. For the people of Israel who are close to him, praise the Lord. May this be to us a little bit of homecoming. Hello and welcome to the Lectio Cascadia podcast. My name is Brandon Rhodes, and I'm glad you're here on this second Christmas uh, Sunday of the Christmas season. Uh, <laughs> I think it was always to Kevin McLeod. Well, I guess not as always. Uh, after a brief a brief season of music from Brock Dittis, we are back to the royalty free music of Kevin McLeod. You can find more of his music at Kevin McLeod. Yeah at incompetech.com for the music. <laughs> Boy, all of the coffee I've had this morning and afternoon is kicked in well. Uh, whew. So, I picked this excerpt from an old collection of musical uh, lyrics uh, called the Book of Psalms. Uh, because it contains something that, I mean, honestly, a lot of the passages do, but I don't know. Do you ever just stub your toe uh, on these phrases in in Scripture, in the Bible? Um, like, you can't get past certain words because it's like, what the hell does that mean? Like, you've begun to kind of hold that word in your hand and braid it in and out between your fingers, keep it in your palm, and you've become familiar with it, and it just actually is more alien than you took it for granted. It's so taken for granted that it it, it becomes meaningless, and then the moment you actually try to get back in touch with it, you're like, oh my god, I don't know what this word even means. Um... That's what the word praise kind of is to me. Um, or like similar f words like worship or glorify or rejoice. However you want to put it, praise is just one of those words that my clothes snag on. My I stub my toe on it all the time. Um, I mean, like, what the hell is praise? Does it have something to do with a certain timber of emotional response to the divine like i grew up thinking of 
praise as like as, as effusive approval, something between delight and flattery and reverence. It's a good feeling. It's a good idea. But is it like ultimately just a really giddy fist bump to the sky? Is our praise to the divine, the divine's need for ego to be stroked, and so we stroke the divine ego? Um, I mean, to that end, that word praise, uh, an emphasis on sort of the emotional flattery end of it, showed up uh, like crazy in the music of that my tribe of origin. Uh, there was even this like entire genre of communal music that was called praise music. There are some co- communal music that is praising, but it isn't praise music. This is the music genre that captures praise and there's clapping and choruses and all these things. And yeah, like that was just part of the, the, the family tradition, so to speak in my tribe of origin praise. That's what we do. That's what music is there for. Um, but praise could be, you know, verbally conveyed in like a you know, verbalized prayer or a lyrical song or in a public space like a faith group's gathering. If that's the case, if that's what praise is, do I need to have... Okay, so I want to just start teasing out some of these problems with it. Beginning with, are you praising if you're not having that feeling? If this is all what praise is, do I need to have typically functioning affective faculties to praise? In other words, can someone with chronic depression praise? What about someone with a traumatic brain injury that can no longer feel in particular ways? Or maybe they were born with a particular neurological brain um, shape that means they don't feel certain things that we typically associate with praise. Do I need to feel it for praise to be praise, or is praise only a specific kind of worship or glorification? Or maybe praise is more about having the right ideas lined up and living accordingly. My life praises the divine. Like I worship the divine or praise creator because I believe certain things and enter into life choices and patterns that reflect those convictions or beliefs or ideas? So is praise just a a conscious lifestyle? That seems a little left-brained. It also implies that the typical neurological functioning, or at least enough to apprehend certain notions about the divine, are part of praise. It also implies a certain capacity for a will, an ability to let those words take on our flesh and animate the story of our lives. So what about infants? What about toddlers? What about people in comas? What about people with um, um, special needs uh, expressed neurologically in certain ways? Um, Is praise just for neurotypical homo sapiens? Like, that seems kind of bigoted against infants, toddlers, head trauma survivors, and neurologically divergent neighbors. So, F that. Uh, maybe it's something about love or 
trust or some, I don't know, sliding scale connection to the Holy One. These sort of, I guess my point is these taken for granted ideas like praise get slippery real quick. Our received notions of them are not as airtight as we think. I know I do this all the time, but it matters if we're to make sense of this tradition. We can't take things for granted anymore. And more to the point on this one, uh, yeah, this ancient song is, isn't even about people praising. It's also about rocks and trees and water and stars and animals praising the Holy One. Not just neurotypical adult humans. Not just the full spectrum of adult humans. Freaking everything is capable and presently is praising the divine. Trees can praise, whatever that means. Stars can praise, whatever that means. Whales and mollusks and... Eagles can praise, whatever that means. These little tiny pockets of meaning around this idea. Boy, I'll just break script here and say, for me and my story, I thought praise was only something that humans can do, people who really love God. And so I always felt shame that I didn't have the same feelings at the same times as other people. It never worked. So I assumed it was me who didn't work. And so I felt alienated where I, wanted to, where I was told to feel belonging. I felt coldness where I was told I would feel warmth. Because that's what praise was, and I didn't feel it in that way, and therefore, boy, maybe I just wasn't praying or praising. But here, I do find my homecoming. I find my homecoming in this song, this praise song, um, from thousands of years ago, thousands of miles away, a thousand generations, well, few hundred generations in the past. Because for them, everything can praise. To the ancients that wrote this song, they were singing about out of a belief that they are part of a wider community of cosmic praise, that the goodness of the universe, of the land, of the sky, of other creatures can do this praise thing. Whatever they meant by praise, they didn't think it only was something humans do or only something that neurotypical humans do or only something that you can do if you have a certain constellation of sensation in your interior emotive space. In some way, a basalt formation can worship the divine, can praise. It's us who can choose not to. Now, maybe, maybe, these ancient folks were just speaking out of their divine pre-modern superstition of 
Of course, basalt formations and supernova don't have cognitive or affective faculties, so of course they can't play praise. Oh, these naive proto-monotheists who were still syncretizing with their more animistic ancestral traditions. They were just poetically doing that to be relevant. Or I, It's so patronizing. Uh, <laughs> but you know, this line of thought is that, of course, like their belief that the sea is a, mo is a monster or a beast of its own um, celestial reality, or the sky is a ceiling above the land, the firmament. You see, these, these naive notions can be discarded as quaint poetry of a pre-scientific people. Therefore, the ability for basalt formations and supernovas to praise is just another one of those things we can throw it on the heap of pre-modern, pre-scientific naivete. F that. <laughs> There's just plenty of spots to apply. I mean, there are lots of points to apply that logic, including those examples. Yeah, the the sacred library contains lots of pre-modern, pre-scientific imaginations. Absolutely. And there's portraits of the divine that, that are painted out of their limited imagination of the character of the divine needing sacrifice and that sort of thing. Um it's a motley, non-airtight tapestry of reflection. It's a uh, library of the unfolding consciousness of what it means to live in a spirit-charged reality. That's what this whole thing is. But to take this one, this idea that the land can praise, and condescendingly throw it, as ill away as illogical. I think we might be m missing something. <sighs> um, because unlike the idea of the sky as a ceiling or the sea as a monster, the idea of the cosmos is somehow vibrating with praise. Is an idea that mystics across religions and ages and places have leaned into, they have discovered, they have found it leaning into them. The idea that, that what the Roman church calls the sacramentality of reality. See, the mystics across religions, places, and times had their own sacramental imagination. See, just start, let's start with Judaism. We have, it's, in its oldest story, involves this dude saying, listen to the soil, and it'll speak to you. And across the story, the soil itself is part of all the big vows between the Holy One and her people. The ecosystems bear divine care and bear witness to divine partnerships and intentions. The soil is part of the cosmic story of divine homecoming and holy belonging. The soil is part of this whole thing. It's not just the stage upon which we tromp and stomp and sing. It is a vital character from which we emerge and to which we are responsible. See, the story isn't fundamentally a human story. It's a cosmic story. It is a universe story. 
it is a Catholic, that is to say, universal story in the widest and oldest and most gritty sense of that word. As one rabbi that went on to become a prolific community organizer for the Jesus movement in its earliest decades, he wrote about the cosmos groaning in anticipation of divine homecoming and elsewhere of the universe revealing attributes of the divine. See, this thing is nothing new, and it's not isolated to... um. Music, lyrical poetry. I don't know what they're saying about the <laughs> if reality has an interiority to it, but it does have a affective relationship to the divine through praise. It's an interesting notion that I don't think if we're gonna stay in touch with this tradition we can easily discard uh the idea that the land the sky is porous to the luminous is a bearer even of the luminous is an ex embodiment of the luminous the sublime the divine is capable of praise it's something the mystics know regardless of what the systematics say regardless of what the science says the mystics know something deeper is afoot. It's not opposed to science, but uh, circumscribes it, perhaps. <laughs> it's something you've probably known, this praisingness of reality, this sacramentality, feeling caught up in wonder and beauty laying in the grass in a summer night, billions of stars and galaxies singing back to you, pressing you into the soil and lifting you beyond it, or facing a tree, or watching a nature documentary, or growing plants, or baking, or cooking, or brewing, or curing, or eating, or drinking, or tripping, or making love, or meditating. The mystics know that we are caught up in a chorus of homecoming, of praise. That in the silence of meditation or the noise of ocean waves, we know there is a beauty within all things. My mind wants to keep speculating, to share with you my questions about ideas like that, that, that kind of get into this, that trust that the sacramentality is... deep and real. Things like panpsychism and Christ consciousness, the work of Teilhard de Chardin, or Elia Dilio. I want to talk about all that, and maybe we can in person, but not here. Honestly, most of us don't need more book knowledge about this. We need to learn how to trust through our own practice and presence. that the cosmos is vibrating with praise. We need What we need is homecoming integration of these hunches. That what you feel caught up in, in sublimity, in silence, or sex, or stars, you're tapping into a primal human experience, a cosmic experience, 
these ancient songs begin to click as you as you apprehend these truths through practice. So my dare to you is this. Let go of your grasping minds. Reach bravely into the fluttering dance of reality in some way. Learn to listen to the praise of the land and sky. Trust your embodiment. Sit in front of a tree for an hour, or by a stream or under the stars far from the city, if you can afford it and manage it. Let the activity of your mind rest and find the flow of joy around you. It's there. The author of this song wasn't a pre-modern dote. They're leaning into a universal human experience that the Jesus tradition leans into and finds nourishment from. Don't let religious carnival barkers or gatekeepers cause you to fear or to hide. These experiences you've had belong and are part of a firmament of a great cloud of witnesses. Or as one audacious mystic from South Dakota says, existence is one big I love you in both directions. May your week ahead be filled with curiosity and wonder, gratitude and laughter, courage and presence. And may the peace of Christ be with you.